We are staying in the multi-offer scene for part two of our series. We will look at the levels of buyers and what each has for tools to purchase. From finance to cash buyers, we will look at strategies for both buyers and sellers. The risk calculation metrics are explored in depth for both sides of a transaction. It's not always the highest price or the cleanest offer that is the best for the seller. All homes are situations unto themselves. There are many facets to a mutually beneficial sale. It seems like a rowdy market right now from the outside, but calculating in a measured manner is a workflow to embrace once some light is shed on the modern market conditions. So let's shed some light. Well, welcome back. Um, after our last conversation in multi-offer with Chris Funston at the uh, Grattan Funston Group, we kind of got going on multi-offer. And I guess what we found out after that, it was, it was more to it than just 25 minutes of explaining it. So this is part two of multi-offer. Um, we're going to delve deeper into the different types of buyers, and then we'll probably get a little bit more on the list side of things. So one of the things that uh, Chris brought up in our last conversation was it's also the buyer that you have, right? Mm -hmm. And let's run through like what are, what are I don't, I don't want to call them stronger buyers. I just call them maybe a little bit more financially um, uh, sound or planned better buyers that give you more tools to use. And um, we talked a little bit about um, straight conventional financing, FHA, VA, and we didn't talk about cash. So let's say you're cash. Let's, we were talking about a $350,000 home and now you're a cash buyer. What's the, what's the strategy there? <sighs> um, $350,000 home cash buyer. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that my first strategy would be, okay, what would you be willing to pay for this? Let's okay. have that conversation. And that's the one where I wouldn't just hurry up and put the offer in. Mm -hmm. I think I would call the listing agent and I would have a conversation of, hey, I've got a cash buyer that is ready to go on this. Um, we're not going to put an offer in right now. But if you get an offer that's strong, please give us a call and we'll get it to you right away. Okay. Um, putting best foot forward, cash. Um, gosh, I mean, just cash alone helps so much. It I does. Think, but I think, let's talk about why it does. Well, because, it's all I've, risk management. Back to that. Yeah. There's, there's no appraisal. You can close quicker. Yep. The money's already there. Half the time, if I'm going to do cash, I have them put up a very large amount of earnest money. Yep. Because what's the difference? Um, to where, you know, if you're a financed buyer, you, you probably don't have as much sitting in a bank account as a cash buyer does. So you have maybe twelve to $1,500 earnest money, which is industry standard. Mm -hmm. But when, when, you know, I come into a transaction and I say, I'll put $20,000 down right now. And you can see that it's tangible. It's mm -hmm. held at the title office. As a seller, they're going, this person really wants this. Yeah. So, so I'll just, let's, let's talk a little bit about financed and cash for a minute. 
So the majority of the transactions, over 80% in Missoula, are going to be a financed buyer. So the, the cash is an anomaly. I don't have, I mean, I have some cash buyers, but not a lot of them. And a cash buyer can um, go faster. It doesn't have to get appraised. And I had a client say to me, well, what's the difference? It's all cash at the end. Well, it's not exactly cash at the end because financing, if we go up a week before close in the state of Montana, financing runs to the end. A week before closing, you lose your job. Certainly this was going on in COVID. Mm -hmm. Finance buyer going, I may not have a job. And then we had to vet out all these COVID professions. Um, you lose your job. Well, then deal blows up. They get their earnest money back and they move on. Cash is in the tube. There's also one other thing that I think is important about cash is with a financed buyer, a financed buyer has to take occupancy within 60 days or they can't put it together. So a cash buyer, when you talk about rent backs, cash buyer can rent back for six months. I feel like that's a whole whole nother podcast right there talking about rent backs and, and things is. like that. But um, so, the, so the risk there is, so, so there's, just, there's just some inherent things that cash can do. Let's move from cash down to the layers of finance buyers because that's all based on what your down is. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that and why that's important? Well, one of the things that have changed in this market is that lenders are now allowing a 5% down conventional loan. Yep. A lot of people just, you know, knowing what they knew going forward saved for 20%. Yep. Um, so a lot of times they, they have 20% and they're, they're like, oh my gosh, I saved 20% and my lender says I only need 5%. Yep. A lot of times it's best to still look in that price range rather than go up $200,000 to where you're at 5% there. Um, now that's a lender conversation as well with mortgage insurance and things like that. But in terms of just the transaction, if I'm putting 5% down and I have an extra 15% capital sitting in an account, or I put 20% down, a lot of times the lender will issue an appraisal waiver. Which is a big deal. Which is a big deal. And you're also saying, I mean, to, to put that in perspective, when we're talking about over appraisals and and all those things, a 20% down buyer or more, if something comes up, they have cash to handle it. So Yeah, and the, 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 the appraisal waiver is, is, is such an important yeah. piece for a buyer because, yeah. again, I go back to this, it's all risk management. The seller goes, one less, there's one less hiccup in this transaction. What does the seller wanna do? They wanna sell their home for the most they can get out of it with the least amount of hangups. What does the buyer wanna do? They wanna buy the house for as little as they can and get the deal done. Now, if you can get issued an appraisal waiver as a buyer, that's great because you don't have to get a third party appraisal. You don't have an extra 10 days in your closing. You could potentially close in 20 days and you get into a house, the seller moves on. I mean, it's it, it's better for everyone involved in that in that realm. Well, even take something like, let's say there's a bad furnace and you're a 20% down buyer. Well, you can still go, you know what? I'll just buy the furnace and I'll become a 15% buyer. Whereas if you're 3%, there's, the cash isn't there to cover inspection and contingency under appraisal. So it makes it harder to harder to get accepted with a lower um, with a lower down. So let's say a twenty percent buyer is kind of the next. That's the you get out of mortgage insurance. You've got a big chunk to put down. 
but we do see a lot of deals done at three and five percent. Yes. Oh, not three and five. Well, yeah, three could be FHA, right? Three and a half percent down for an FHA loan. FHA and zero for VA. Zero for VA. Zero for VA. So let's say you've got a five percent buyer, young family. They need to buy a home. They're pre-approved. I bought a number of homes like this last year with buyers that were five percent. What are you doing there then? I would direct them towards one of the the few lenders that I work with that can explain to them, hey, maybe you know you are approved conventionally. Maybe you do go FHA mm-hmm. on this home and save yourself a little bit of capital for improvements. And because my name is on this, this FHA loan may look like a conventional loan to a seller yeah. um, in terms of risk. Well, what, what, what do you do? How do you prep a 5% down buyer for buying a home? How many offers, how many runs do you think you're gonna have to take? I have a really long conversation before we put offers in. And I say, look, everything's going for 50 to 65 over. And mm-hmm. I might even embellish it a little bit, uh, not, not to, to um, pull the wool over anyone's eyes, but I kind of want to under-promise and over-deliver yeah. in yeah. every scenario that I work in. And, and I want them to be prepared for the worst-case scenario. I don't want them to get their hopes up on this house, the first offer they put in, mm-hmm. and be, holy cow, I just put... 50k over ask on a on a house and i didn't even i wasn't even in the top 10. Yep. you know um so i really try to to prepare before we even write an offer and i say look if your budget is four hundred thousand dollars realistically you should be looking in the three hundred thousand dollar range yep. that gives you some wiggle room because if there are multiple offers on these homes Nine times out of 10, these homes are appraising. So you're not gonna have to put up capital extra. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the scenario that could play out. You put a $65,000 over asking offer on this home and it does not appraise. I still have contingencies in place on your buy sell that will not make you lose your earnest money. Yeah. We at least can negotiate. Now, yeah. that's when worst comes to worst that it's like, okay, we came to an agreement where you need to cough up an extra $15,000 or, or, or some number out of pocket. Now, you at least have two days t- to make some phone calls or, or see what you can do to potentially do that or kill the deal and get your earnest money back. Yeah. So, again, I think, you know, to make my point, it, each offer scenario is different for each client. I mean, with a cash buyer, it comes down to what they want to spend on something. Yeah. With a conventional buyer, there's some wiggle room. You can make a cute offer on something and have some strength showing that you're a 20% conventional buyer. A listing agent, a savvy listing agent is going to look at that and go, okay, if this doesn't appraise, we could probably still, these guys might still yeah. take it because yeah. they have 20%, yeah. they can do the 5% conventional yeah. and wiggle. If you're an FHA buyer, it comes down to who your lender is right now, I yeah. think. It really does. I mean, if you're, and, and not to discredit any banks, but if you're approved with Wells Fargo, FHA, I don't think anyone's gonna touch your offer. And I, I'm just being blunt there. There's, I mean, it's, it's it, you need to be with somebody who knows who the, the, you the, need a the, local. A local that is a reputation of getting things done. 
So let's so so let's swip, let's flop that over to the listing side because it's the, the other side of this is that listing agents are greedy and, and sellers are greedy, blah blah blah. But it's really about risk. It is. So if if we've got this three fifty house and I've got um, and I've got a cash offer for four hundred, light contingencies, cash in hand, twenty five thousand dollar earnest money down. That's a pretty strong buyer. If I've got a FHA. Uh, or let's say I've just got a 3% or a 5% conventional at $400,000. I'm a little nervous about the appraisal, right? I'm probably picking the less risky thing. Mm -hmm. Now, if FHA, let's take an FHA and probably make this real. FHA at 430, well, now it's $30,000. Golly, I, I might just take a runner at that and then backstop it with a backup offer at cash. And maybe that's worth, maybe we can get through this. And we've got your guy, you've got your banker, FHA, it's a good banker. That might be $30,000 more. So, you know, in these scenarios, there is things more than money. There's risk managed with money. And then of course, just a seller. Mm -hmm. um, what you don't want to see is in your heavy multi-offer and someone and a buyer with 3% down loaded up with contingencies at asking price and you have stronger buyers at higher numbers, they're really not in the game. Yeah, they're not. And it's really tough for us to tell people that's not worth my time. Because it is worth your time. It's, it's worth your client. time. It's it worth, is. probably not worth their emotional It's, it's not worth coaster. their time. It's not worth, this transaction is not worth it at what you're doing. Yeah. Now, half the time, I will explain to them that and I will say, now if you really want, I will still put an offer in and I will let them know that they were number 10 out of 10. Yeah. And, and to prepare them for what to expect. Yeah. Um, it's not me that's doing it, I'm sorry. This is what the market is dictating and I, my job is to help you put your best foot forward. So sometimes it takes striking out two to three to five times before someone, the light bulb goes off and goes, okay, I need to quit looking at $400,000 homes. I need to start looking at $300,000 homes. Yes. And, and, and I mean, I wrote an offer with a 30% buyer down. Uh, we went 75 over ask. There were 18 offers. 75,000 over ask, great buyer, little to no contingencies. And I was super nervous. We weren't even in the top 10. Yep. And so even sometimes when you shoot at it with both barrels, um, you don't, it doesn't work out. I, I wrote one last uh, spring, cash buyer, grossly over. And I was like, this is done. Like we are, we are done. You got this house. Didn't and get it. We got it. Got it. But there were two of us. Batten, beat, by the time the dust settles, we ended up getting the house. They're very happy with it. Um, but I guess the other point of this is we don't know. You don't. You, 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 and, and what I encourage my clients, I guess the, the term that I use is, determine what the real estate's worth it to you. It may be worth more than someone else, it may be worth less than someone else, but in the end of the day, what's the value that you want? And sometimes it's, dude, I don't care, just get it done. Whatever that number is, I don't care. I don't think that's very common, but I mean, at the end of this, whole thing you, you never want to push a client into something they're not going to be no they're not because that's the worst 
you, you get it, and then there's no happiness at the end of it. There's just, oh boy, this agent pushed Here me into go. this hit. Yeah. yeah. And there's a lot of buyer's remorse. Um, but what, um, what is a client, I mean, what, what do you think the most number of offers that you've written for a client has been? Have you written 10 for a client? Yeah. Yeah, I've gotten, I've got a couple of clients that we've, we're, we're up in that neighborhood. Yeah. We've I'm, been working together for about a year and a half. And, yeah. and you know, it's really tough to, to, to prepare someone when you don't know what the future looks like. And I say crystal ball way too much. I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. have a crystal ball. Nobody does. We don't know what's going to go on. This is the craziest market we've ever seen. Yeah. And it just keeps getting crazier. It was the craziest market we ever saw last year. Yeah. And this year was worse. And I predict this summer, at least, to, to probably be even worse. We got more people coming here. Um, there's so many factors that go into it, right? Yeah. We've got COVID and interest rates are now climbing. I don't know what that's going to do. We have theories. Yeah. Um, but... Long story short, um, um, working with a client for the last year and a half, it started with looking at three to four bedroom homes in Pleasant View, mm -hmm. in which they were kind of in the ballpark and didn't want to go an extra 10,000. Um, a little bit nervous about that. Um, struck out by just a little bit in the you know mm -hmm. first backup on one. Got them one where they got, they just didn't. They couldn't wrap their head around the layout of the home that would have been a beautiful home they could have gotten. Mm -hmm. um, they, it, just, it just kept going and to where now they're looking at modular homes. Yeah. And, and they can't even buy a modular home because they're an FHA buyer. And they're a well-prepared FHA buyer. They, they, they have extra money, but they're doing this so that they can have some extra capital in their account to improve a home and this would be their first young family home and and it sucks for them I feel really bad and they're nice people and they're not they're not dumb they're they're intelligent professionals but it's hard to relay that sense of urgency for someone who needs a home and say you need to pay for extra for this and you need to get it now because if you don't you're going to be out of the market and you're not going to be able to buy yeah i mean that's the squeeze right they're probably paying three grand a month in rent probably and they're going we're just throwing that money down the tubes but 2020 we got into a really bad multi-offer situation we ended up having to come up with fifty thousand over appraisal on this home and it was a bummer deal it just the way it worked out i did was like golly and they were really happy and they're like, no problem, no problem. We knew what we were getting into. That home's worth $200,000 more now. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I, I shop with a family that was looking at 350s, kind of passing. We're looking at 550s, you know, two years later. And it's, that wasn't a function of, it's just a function of demand. Yep. Um, and, and always the crystal ball, like you, you, you pay over for a property and then what happens if there is a correction? We don't know that. And it, we haven't had a correction since 2013. Yeah. This thing's been on a run since 2013. I mean, it's definitely picked up steam. Um, well, I think that's, I think we kind of covered the buy side of things. I mean, at least in the general sense, um, to kind of wrap that together. But I think we probably, yeah, maybe part three, we'll see. Or listing side and what that looks like. 
Um, I really appreciate you taking your time coming in. Yeah, uh, thanks Chris for is me. an exceptional agent. Um, you can tell, you know, just how sharp he is technically. Um, represents both buyers and sellers in Missoula. Um, thanks for listening. If you got any questions, uh, shoot me an email or a text, and uh, I can either turn you on to Chris or we can chat further on. Thanks, Chris. Awesome. Thanks, Joe. Yep. Bye.